0: ladies and gentlemen dreamers and doers seekers of purpose and fulfillment welcome to passion on purpose the podcast that sets your soul on fire and ignites the spark within you i'm your host Steph hilfer and i'm beyond thrilled you're here passion on purpose features leaders experts and sometimes me on center stage we put the spotlight on visionaries entrepreneurs leaders experts and everyday heroes to share their journey of self-discovery, enthusiasm and unwavering determination. We'll explore how they use their passion and purpose to fuel their brand. Alongside our leaders, we'll provide practical tips, actionable advice and wisdom from our experts across various fields. So if you're ready to unleash your inner fire, shake off the doubts and insecurities, and pursue a life of purpose with unbridled enthusiasm, then let's dive in. All right, guys, we are back with another episode of the Passion on Purpose podcast. And today, our leader on center stage is Laura Gisborne. She's the founder of Limitless Women. And we're going to dive into all things passion and purpose, as we always do. Um, And I always love the kind of pre-conversation that I get to have with my guests because Uh, We are in for a treat because Laura has started multiple companies, ran multiple companies, all built off this idea of passion and where her passion was leading her in those moments. And so I think we're in for a treat. If you guys, I know my audience, I know what you guys love. You love to hear where this passion has led people. And so we're definitely going to dive down that road today. Laura, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Steph. I'm so glad to connect with you yes okay as we always do on the show we're going to dive into the deep stuff so what is laura's why hmm.
1: i grew up uh Steph, i always say i grew up in a very dysfunctional home by american standards and i say by american standards because my work has now taken me all over the world and uh you know i grew up with running water. I grew up with free education. I grew up with access to resources that a lot of people don't have in the world. And at the same time, I was sexually molested as a child. I was physically abused regularly. And I was born to a teenage mother who just kept saying to me, I wish you hadn't been born. So I say that because that was my normal. And then if you fast forward today, there were so many women over the years, I started in my early 20s, who held out a hand and said you know it doesn't have to be so hard you don't have to live with a man that beats you on a regular basis it's okay to eat it's okay to take care of yourself it's okay to be abundant and so there were all these beautiful women that came into my life and mentored me you know over the years and over the decades and when it came time for me to do my legacy work I was really in prayer and meditation about how could I pay that forward. You know, now that I'm a mature person, I'm probably old enough to be your mama. And, uh, you know, looking back at my life, I said, how would I use this experience of owning all these different companies and having all these adventures? How would I use this to really pay this forward? And hence, Limitless Women was born.
0: Nice. And so you had this beautiful opportunity or this beautiful blessing of other women seeing you and, and recognizing in that moment that they could do something for you. They could pave a way for you. They could lift you out of something that wasn't positive. Yeah. How, how – I think a lot of us have that in our life, if, especially when we have down times, but we don't always receive it. Yeah. What was that journey like for you in receiving that? Did you have – was it hard? Did you immediately be like, thank goodness, where have you been all my life? Or oh, was it, was there resistance? I was, so or?
1: Terrible. I was resistant beyond resistant. I was too cool for school. Mm-hmm. Right. I was always like, thinking that if I was just smart enough, if I just worked hard enough, I'd be good enough, right? So really the mission of Limitless Women is to heal the poverty consciousness of women in the developed world. Mm. We do that by partnering women in business with women in the for-benefit sector. What happens often for a leader, because I know you're a leadership leader yourself, is that when we are in our own way, we can't see it, right? We're doing our best, we just can't see it. So what happens when a woman starts to see herself as a catalyst for change? She starts to see herself giving to others when she felt like she didn't have it to give. She starts to expand and become, you know, a a bigger version. Now, giving only happens when there's receiving. So the people who tried to give to me when I was a young woman, I blocked it. I was not a good receiver, and I prayed to be shown. And my, I had a girlfriend say to me, you know you always come and you give and you give and you give. But when we try to give to you, you're always like, Oh, no, I've got this. And I'll tell you, it kept me from probably receiving a lot more abundance. Uh, but you know, I'm alive and breathing. God wasn't done with me yet. So I'm learning to be a better receiver all the time.
0: Yeah. And what was some of the pivotal lessons that you learned or had to learn or continue to learn that helped you be a better receiver? Um,
1: I think it's a practice, Steph, I really do. I think that it's an awareness that, uh, again, giving can't happen without receiving. Receiving can't happen without giving. So there's kind of a full circle moment that happens in my experience. And I think it's having, um, catching yourself, right? Like any type of personal development, catching yourself and saying, hmm, rather than immediately saying like, no thanks, or I've got this, really receiving it. It can start with something simple, like a compliment. You know, yeah. I watch women deflect compliments all the time and be like, be like, hey, I love that. We're like, oh, yeah, well, normally my hair does this. or You know, we come up with all these excuses for why to deflect the compliment instead of just letting it come in and really receiving the juiciness of that.
0: I love that you say that because somebody had uh, probably within the last five years had said something to me about compliments and how mm-hmm. when you deflect that compliment, you are wow. literally blocking the, the gift giver's attempt to gift. Yes. To give to give you something special. And, and I think most of us don't want to be the one who's, you know, shuts somebody's gift down, Mm -hmm. you know, of course. And so I love that reframe. Um, I have uh, pretty vibrant blue eyes, and I get compliments on them all the time. And I used to say, Oh, well, they're just in my head. Because I, you know, they're eyeballs. Like I didn't do anything, mm-hmm. you know, to earn them or work for them. They're just here, right? And I remember uh, when somebody had said that compliment, gift giving, deflecting moment. I was like, oh, that is such a a true way to reframe that.
1: Well, I think there's also because I do a lot of work in the nonprofit sector, and so I think that there's something in the best receivers are the greatest leaders. And, and it's, a, it's a practice worth practicing, right? It's a muscle worth strengthening because depending on the scale of your impact and what how big your mission is, and that's not to say one's bigger or smaller, I'm just saying the bigger your mission is, the more you need to allow yourself to be supported. And uh, I think that that's, you know, it's an important tenet to receive. And the best leaders that I know in the world who are leading really for benefit organizations are surrounded by teams of rockstar people that share their vision and mission
0: yeah that's such a great weight again a great way to reframe support as yeah. in as 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 in it's a gift mm-hmm. right and so as a leader as a woman in business who is wanting to maybe it's scale maybe it's make bigger impact maybe it's grow in finances whatever that that next evolution is for you right if you are continuing to not receive gifts not receive gifts see support as a gift and you're just taking it on, you are literally limiting yourself because you're still only one person. Exactly. That's a really great way to think about even uh, hiring, right? As they're bringing a gift to you and and you get to receive that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, think about organizations, you know, there's a a thing that we don't talk about often in small business, but larger organizations talk about the human asset. And I think that's something to think about, you know, when you actually have someone who's willing to bring their time and their talent and share it on behalf of a mission or vision that you're called into. Uh, it's, it's a great dance.
0: It's a beautiful gift. Yeah. yeah. So what I always like to know, what was, um, and you picked, What was Laura, five-year-old Laura, 10-year-old Laura, 15-year-old Laura, what was younger Laura doing in the world? Hmm,
1: Let's see. So uh, five-year-old Laura was singing all the time. My parents constantly kept telling me to be quiet. Um, (laughs) Ten-year-old Laura was probably hiding in the back of the playground because I never got picked uh, to be on the sports teams because it was very awkward and shy. And then 15-year-old Laura was trying to figure out how to be seen. Right. So it was interesting. I was trying to figure out how to be popular, how to be, uh, yeah, how to like change myself into the version of what I could be, um, that I wasn't.
0: It's funny because at your 10 year old was trying not to be seen. A
1: hundred percent.
0: And then. And then there was this big shift. Do you recall where that shift from, I mean, obviously I'm not saying 14 and 14 in a day. What where was the shift? But you know, what kind of what kind of prompted you to recognize was it the looking at the popular kids and that they got validation and attention or kind of what shifted that for you?
1: Well, I think, you know, when I was growing up, you could be a smart girl or you could be a pretty girl. There wasn't really much in between. There wasn't, you know, we were very, very, our identities were very um were very narrow. Excuse me, for a second.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thank that you. makes.
1: And I was always a smart girl. I wasn't a pretty girl, and I um, and it probably was really pretty. I just didn't know it, right? I was you know, going
0: to say it, you're beautiful though. So and I
1: and I grow up. You know, it's funny. I'll make jokes because I have a, a lot of friends who are African American, and. Um, you know uh, we share a lot of sim- stories about feeling like the outsider and i said growing up as a redheaded stepchild in mm-hmm. miami florida where my friends were all beautifully tan and or hispanic or african american you did all this co- all the colors of the rainbow and then there was me at the beach glowing in the dark <laughs> 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 uh you know it's so funny so i think that that was the piece so i think that when i was 15 because nobody's ever asked me this question Steph. i think i probably was trying to i was I I was and am a very smart person. And I figured out that if I would become a cheerleader, if I would become, uh, you know, if I would tap into the pretty girl world, uh, things would shift for me. Yeah. Yeah. There was also an element for me because I was sexually molested as a child from the time I was two until I was nine, that it didn't feel safe to be a girl. Mm-hmm. So even though I moved into being a cheerleader, I still was very much a man trapped in a woman's body when it came to life and business. Really into my early forties.
0: Interesting. That I feel like could be an entire episode <laughs> to unpack, but I don't want to glaze over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let's let's shift this then with all of this depth that we have on you and in this very diverse upbringing. You started this snowball and it became a, a first business because you mentioned you have several. So where did this start for you? And the you took all this energy and passion and hurt and good and positive and negative and decided I need to do something with this in the entrepreneurial space. What did that start like for you?
1: Well, I married into a family business in my early 20s. And it was a restaurant business, and I, it's the first and my first husband, because I'm married to my second husband, hopefully my last husband at this point, right? <laughs> We've been for a long time. Uh, but my first one was this amazing, loving, nurturing man, and he was was and is a fabulous person. And his family all worked in the family business, but it was like everybody wore every hat in the business. So whatever needed to be done, we were doing. Restaurant business can be like that, right? Uh, we opened seven days a week. It was it was wild, and then. I realized that I, when I wanted to become a mama, that I didn't want to work seven days a week and I didn't want to wear every hat. So we opened up a different type of restaurant that did catering was lunches. And that way I could work around my child's schedule. And then I realized that if I wanted to have a second location, I had to have other people operate. So I became very good at systems and team development, all the stuff we were talking about a minute ago, um, and had multiple locations. So one business kind of led to the next one, to the next one. At this point, I've owned nine companies over the last 35 years and I've sold six of them uh, which also requires you to be owner independent right you can't sell a company if you're the cog in the wheel so to speak
0: yeah yeah, yeah. no it's such a great I mean it's not the intention of what we're going to talk about today but it, it is such a great way to think about a business whether you ever plan to sell it or not if you can think about how do I create this business where it's not dependent on me being here and I could literally sell it to some other human being and 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 you can honor everything you've done. You could know with good, with good faith that that art piece behind what you've built can just be transferred to someone else. That's the sign of a beautiful, beautifully operation structured, like beautiful business. So anyway, tangent there, but a uh, testament to the work you, you, you must be fueling into the women that you're working with today. You mentioned, and we mentioned earlier that you are the founder of Limitless Women. And so what What are you doing here in Limitless Women today and what does that look like and how have you fueled this passionate life you've led so far into that?
1: Well, it's so interesting because I just, you know, when you go out networking, people say, what do you do? I always say, I do a lot. What do you do? You know, tell me all about you, right? I just like deflect that. But I think it's, I love that you love to swim in the deep end of the ocean because so do I. Um, this work for me is, is at this point, really stuff 100% elective. I get to do this work. I've been very successful in other companies. I've had a lot of uh, education, a lot of opportunity provided for me. And so when I started being asked to speak and lead I wasn't an author, I wasn't a speaker, it wasn't anything I really wanted to do. I just prayed to be shown how would I use what I knew in the same way that other women had reached their hand out to me? How could I use my experience as an entrepreneur and take some of those, try to take, let's try to put those words together, try to take some of those pieces and make that journey easier for another woman. And so, you know, I know a lot about systems. I know a lot about building teams. Not that that makes me any smarter than anyone else. What it does is it makes me a little more practiced you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of practice. practice. And so I, uh, so we put our toe in the water. And now at this point, you know, we've got people all over the world that we work with, we help them grow and we do business training fundraisers. So we offer education programs and we invite women to make contributions to the donations of their choice as part of their tuition you know if they want to work with us we invite them to make a donation so at this point we have given away a little over seven hundred thousand uh, dollars since 2015 since we started tracking that and uh, you know it's good business
0: what, what a beautiful way to work that charitable piece into the business and the work you're doing and and the thought process behind starting something with with you and limitless women so is this specifically for business women is this for women who are stay-at-home moms who have no interest in going into a career again or starting one or who is the targeted woman
1: so, I would say, you know, we have a couple of different women that come to us. We tend to attract a mature audience because we're talking about legacy and philanthropy. And when somebody's just uh, starting their family and they're really trying to find their sufficiency. We've been giving away free gifts for the last seven years at free gift Friday. You know, we, we do that every week. So if, if a woman just needs resources, we've got all kinds of great stuff there for personal development and professional development and our ideal business partners. Cause I feel like that's the work that we do. We partner with women who are here to create impact is a woman who's in a service-based business. She is a mission driven person. She can't not do her calling. It's like called on her life and pulled her forward. Often they're faith-based people. Everyone that we work with is very spiritually connected because the concept of we get to give uh, doesn't resonate for someone unless they're really looking at impact and a higher value than just capitalism and making money.
0: Yeah. So I had this conversation the other day with uh, another colleague of mine, and it was an interesting quest. It was interesting to go down this. And you've had, you've shared that you had. You know, I'm going to use the word traumatic. Like a lot of traumatic uh upbringings a lot of exa- a lot of things in your life that were traumatic and uh, i was having this conversation with a colleague and her and i were sharing that a lot of times when you have had you know the rags to riches story right you've had trauma you've had a really challenging upbringing and you went from that and that was the catalyst the driving force to get out of that to overcome that to be better than that that was that driver that got you from the rags to riches story. And her and I were uh, by no means wishing that we had a story similar to that, but we were talking about how it was an interesting dynamic when you don't have that. When you have the blessing of of a nice, beautiful, non-traumatic upbringing, Um, you had a roof over your head, you had food on the table, and you see these stories, and you hear these stories, and you are, you know, wowed. Sometimes you wonder where do I muster up my own drive. Uh-huh. So I have a two-part question for you. Sure. When you uh, do you do you uh, do you target and specifically work with people who who have traumatic upbringings because of your own, or and or how do you help people find that drive if that's something they're they're lacking in this ability to make impact?
1: You know, I think it's a it's an interesting thing because I can tell you about my journey because you asked and also say to you that if you'll remember, I said I had a hard upbringing by American standards not a hard upbringing period. You know, I have, when someone asks me, who is a limitless woman? I often refer to Monica Nirgawa, who's one of my good friends who lives in Uganda, who had her first pair of shoes at the age of 13. You know, I think that there's some things that we take for granted when we live in the developed world and that driver, that I'm not enoughness, that what we call the poverty consciousness is really kind of a man-made not to be, I'm not saying patriarchal matriarchal, I'm just saying it's, it's a man-made, human-made construct, in my opinion. There are close to 3 billion people still on the planet that are struggling for sufficiency, that are struggling for access to food, to water, to a roof over their head, to medicine, to care. You know, I think that that's the place. So the scalability of one person's trauma versus another person's trauma is all over the place. And even people who I meet who have had you know, been born into a really beautiful life, have trauma, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: they have their experience. And I believe that someone's normal, I think every soul deserves to have its journey and to have its experience as traumatic or as mild as we may make it. But what doesn't work, Stephanie, is the the comparison game. You know, my trauma is better than your trauma. No, that's not true. I think that everyone's catalyst has to come from within you know, I think we can have external things that happen like death, divorce, disease, you know, COVID was a big wake up call for us as a species. Most of us, I think, you know, some of us lost our life in that time. And I think that we have this opportunity now to really decide the world, you know, time is the great equalizer. What do we do with the time that we have? That's really been from the beginning of this work for me, the message of like, how do I honor the gift of the time that I have? And that's You get the same 24 hours in a day as I do. What do you want to do with it? And there's no measure. Like Legacy is happening for someone, whether they want it to or not. You're leaving your energetic thumbprint on the planet by being here. So what kind of thumbprint do you want to leave if that's important to you? It's not important to everybody.
0: Mm -hmm. So I would imagine you are working with the women who that thumbprint is important to.
1: (laughs) I only lead leaders, my friend. I'm not a leader of followers. I'm a leader of leaders.
0: Yeah. And how do you recognize those leaders? Do they recognize themselves and come to you or do you recognize them and bring them to your world?
1: Yeah, it's such a great question. So often they are the people I always say it's, we're not the type A's of the world, right? We're the triple A's the, the super, right? We're, we're the people who do all the stuff that other people say can't be done. So it's like, oh, well that can't be done. We're like, hmm. it's like a call to action for us. Like, oh, let me just figure out how I can do that. Right. Yeah. Or there's like, well, you know, nobody was picking up that. So you just kind of jump in. And and I think um, often in young years that jumping in is is that motivation to be seen or be good enough. I think in, in more mature years where I am now in my second half of life, that jumping in is because I can, because I get to, you know. Mm-hmm. So I would say that were you to be in a room with our community, they are some of the most humble people you'll ever meet. You'll you'll never know who has what, uh, because they show up authentically in a way that comes from uh, this place that's kind of beyond self-actualization where we get to give.
0: Love that. So I, I want to understand more on what it looks like to be in the limitless women world, right? Is this one-on-one coaching with you, Laura? Is this a group community where, you know, we're rallying around for events? Is this this online, is this in person? Tell me more about what the experience would be like. And you might have a very few different options, but you know, specifically kind of what's calling on your heart to share today.
1: You know, we have a lot of options. And I would say this again, we've been here for a while. So we have a lot of options. We have, An education-based platform, because everyone This is probably one of those tenets of leadership. If we're alive and breathing, we're still growing, right? We really love growing. We love expanding. And we know that uh, the more that we expand as leaders, the more capacity we have to serve others. And so that collaborative opportunity, that giving and receiving is a lot of the conversation. I love that you jumped right in there, Steph. Um, We offer live events each year. We have uh, different types of training depending on where an entrepreneur is. So if somebody's coming for legacy and leadership, we have an an event in the spring that's the Limitless Women Legacy and Leadership event. Then in the summer we do an event that's all around scale, that's around systems and exit strategy that's not appealing to everyone, uh, but if somebody's really looking at building a sustainable organization that's also owner independent, we offer that type of education. Uh, in the fall we do a program called Flow which is all around financial leadership for women leaders. and um, you know, money, marketing and sales, all the things that go into what drives cash flow and having cash be the easy part of business. You know, that's kind of fun. Um, and then online, we offer an education based program called the Limitless Women Business School. We offer a couple of times a year.
0: Wow. So there's definitely like a online. lot of opportunity, a lot of different ways, different places that you listeners may be at that Laura's community and what's going on in the limitless women could, could be a good fit. So what are some kind of like high trigger, trigger level words that our listeners can be like, okay, that's me, that's me. That makes them know that you're a good, they're a good fit for you. And then what's the easiest way to get into the limitless women community or world?
1: Yeah. So here's a place that is a time to raise your hand, right? If you've been at your business for a while, but you're not where you want to be, and you're kind of secretly ashamed you're not farther along. Let me tell you, it's a, <laughs> it's a it's a it's good time to have a conversation, right? I mean, really, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain, and you've got to not be too cool for school. You've got to really be willing to raise your hand. And I would say, if I were to look back, Steph, in retrospect, uh, the times that I went fast is when I got out of my own way. You know. Yeah being the smartest one in the room. I'd like, Come on, let me find a person who's done what I've done before that I wanna do. And like, they've done it before and let me go fast. I, I like fast. Um, they're often the symptoms, if you will, if you just call it like being a physician, often the symptoms are, they may have a good cash flow. They may have a business that looks great on the outside, but they're not profitable. And then it really haven't been taught, uh, you know. and again, where are you gonna learn this stuff until you dive in, the education of how to build a profitable business. We want every woman to have sufficiency for herself and to really be able to take care of what she needs and then give from the overflow. And not just talk about that, but really give from the overflow. Yeah, so. That's the piece that in time, time is the great equalizer. So if somebody comes to me and they're spinning, my first book is Stop the Spinning, they'll understand that, right? They're like spinning, 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 working, working, working and not getting traction, we should talk.
0: Okay. And uh, women exclusively?
1: You know, I do have male clients, but okay. <laughs> I was on a podcast a few months ago and a man reached out to me and he said, I know that you're a limitless woman, but I really need you. Would you take me as a client? I said, you know, we have a semester of business school coming. He's well-established medical practice. I said, come to business school. You know, it's it's, uh, it's a great way for us to bring you into our family and, and love on you for a while. Do a semester and see if it works for you. So okay. he said, yeah, that's great. Yeah, so we, so we love men, but I'll tell you the piece. It's like um, we have lots of professional services folks, right? So doctors and accountants and bookkeepers, we have coaches, consultants, we have nurses, we have uh, massage therapists, we have all kinds of different business owners. And 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 funny, when I say massage therapists, I am thinking our massage therapist client has a $10 million business. So, you know, it's a little mind boggling sometimes what people are capable of doing. Um, The reality is that we want to help you if you want to help yourself and you want to help others. You know, I think that's in a nutshell what it is
0: and us-based or worldwide 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 Worldwide. yeah if
1: you if you can get to us in our time zone and where we can work around yours you know a lot of this stuff is digital so uh you know sometimes we'll be talking to somebody in the middle of the night and god bless them they're up (laughs) yeah chat with them i'm so inspired to do that you know i know
0: that world i know that world uh it's always funny because the the few clients i have where we do that give and take and, you know, I'm waking up early, but they're staying up late. They're always apologizing to me. I'm like, this is a two-way street. Like, you know, you meet me a little, I meet you a little, we're both a little tired, but we, we make it happen or we're both, you right. know, whatever we, we, you get whatever the we yeah,
1: I mean, we're getting to the top of time, but you'll get, you'll get the people that say like, Oh, I can't make it because I've got, you know, to do X, Y, or Z at three o'clock. You know, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're not for you. Yeah. Yes. You know, we're, we're the people who get stuff done. So.
0: yeah yeah. and then what is the best way i mean obviously we'll have in the show notes we'll have limitlesswomen.com it's super easy to get you there we'll have that there but uh, i know a lot of times the way that consumers are behaving these days is we really want to we've we've gotten to get to know you in such a beautiful and vulnerable way today with what you've shared. And so obviously what is the best way to continue to uh, learn through osmosis of Laura? Are you on social? Do you have a group or what's going on with that? Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. And um, you know, the fastest way to really get into my world is to go to freegiftfriday.com and you'll have to free gift Friday, those three words.com, and opt in. You'll get a copy of my book, Stop the Spinning Move from Surviving to Thriving. It's the PDF of that book. Um, and then, you know, we reach out to you on Fridays and say, hey, what's going on? Is there something we can do for you? Here's a resource we think might be helpful. There's a big library there. Uh, if it doesn't work for you, you can always opt out. But, you know, again, we'd love to have yeah. you join us and play if, if there's a place we can support you.
0: Free, free gift freegiftfriday.com. I mean that is there's no easier way to get into world than that. Like talk about the best answer to this question. <laughs> Laura brings it to the table. Well yeah. I really appreciate your time today, your energy and putting up I didn't even share with the audience. Hopefully I pulled it off. I'll throw myself I'll throw myself on the sword though. I'm a little under the weather today. So my normal probably peppy self is probably a little toned down today, but thank you for bearing with me and uh, I really appreciate you coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's my my pleasure to get to know you.
0: Likewise. All right, guys. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Passion on Purpose podcast. I truly hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. So if you did, please rate, review, and share. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, whether a leader or an expert, please go to getvim.com forward slash podcast, and you will find our application page or reach out to me directly and I can give you more information.